Hey everybody, welcome to Keep Talking Podcasts, fitness, health, and mindset series. I'm your host, Sean Tummelson, fitness coach and nutrition nerd, and I love talking about this stuff, and I hope you enjoy listening to it as much as I enjoy talking about it. Enjoy the episode. What's up, what's up? Fitness Friday. In this episode, I'm talking about how to work out, how to exercise when injured, when you have some sort of injury. Now, I'll start with a disclaimer. I am not an injury specialist. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a physical therapist. I am a personal trainer. Um, I am not going to consider myself an injury specialist by any means. And obviously, if you have a very serious injury, the first thing that you should do is you know, go to your doctor, go to a specialist in injuries, physical therapy, whatever it may be, right? Um, it's also important probably to distinguish between, well, I mean, you know, in the in the sports world, we'll talk about like pain versus injury, or, or the, you know, the pain of soreness versus the pain of injury. Long story short, if you if you have some real serious injury, and you'll know what the difference is between a real real serious injury and a mild injury that you may be able to continue exercising with, you know, see the right people at the right time. Okay, now. Um, this is, uh, you know, these episodes are, are fun for me to do just as I go along in my fitness and my personal training journey, just to continue learning more and more, you know, because I always do a little time to, to just research and get some more ideas before I, I make these episodes and I end up learning a few things along the way. Um, and another key point I want to make going into this, this episode is that, you know, sometimes, see, I think in the fitness space in particular nowadays, we have we have almost like two camps among fitness influencers and I actually kind of float back and forth between the two see there's the just do it go hard every day you know camp that that that's all it is is you got to go 100% and don't listen to the people who are going to tell you to take it easy blah 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 I, I actually I, I think there is a lot of value in that sometimes I I am motivated by people who say that stuff it does drive me it pushes me forward on certain days However, there's another camp that talks about essentially finding the right dose of exercise. What is the right amount of exercise for you? Because I do believe that uh, that overtraining does exist, even though like scientifically proving, you know, why exactly it happens can be difficult. I mean, people will talk about like, you know, adrenal fatigue and how real is the concept of adrenal fatigue and everything. But I do believe that you can overdo it, right? Um, and ultimately, at the end of the day, we're all looking to be as efficient as possible with our workouts anyway, for the m- most part. So, you know, that second camp is kind of the opposite of this, just do it, go 100% intensity every day, never stop. The second camp says, okay, you know, what is the right amount of exercise to produce the desired result? Not going overboard, but also doing enough to make sure we do the right amount. And I kind of go back and forth. I always say that over the last couple of years, I've made some of my biggest gains by reducing the intensity and the total time I spend exercising uh, because I think I was one of those people who used to kind of overdo it a little bit. Now, with that being said, I still really do like to maintain a very like disciplined mindset. You know, I mean, I I, I work out every day, and, and I've said on other episodes before, like the only things that um, you know that would stop me, I would like I would have to be very, very, very seriously injured to not do any form of exercise. I would be have to be in the hospital, damn near in a coma, to not do a workout. Okay. Um, now, so with that being said, as I talk about this in this episode. 
the the concept that I want you to understand is at least from my perspective, you know, when we have some mild form of injury or, you know, things like mild illness, like I've talked about in past episodes, I still do think that we should be working out. Yeah, we may modify things. We might not be able to go with the same intensity or do it the exact same way, but I don't think that gives us a good excuse for taking a day off completely. And anyway, not to talk too much about the mindset aspect of it, but I just wanted to throw that out there. So um, it's a big deal to do what you can. Now, if you have some sort of an injury and I'm being very vague here okay because there's all different types of injuries there's muscle injuries there's you know joint you know it could be any type of injury and I'm just I'm being very vague as I go through this episode okay I'm also being very vague about you know what your fitness goals might be I'm you know your fitness goals might be to build muscle to burn fat to improve your cardiovascular endurance to you know improve your mobility to get to improve in a sport right and in this episode I'm not speaking I'm, I'm trying to speak in as general of a way as possible, okay, um, about, you know, just injuries in general and then not really focusing on one specific type of fitness goal, okay? Now, with that being said, a couple things to keep in mind before we go into how you can work out and what type of exercise you can do if you're dealing with an injury focus on the other big things as well. I always talk about when it comes to fitness and health, there's the three big rocks, okay? The big rocks are sleep, nutrition, and movement, okay? And we'll focus on the movement part in a second because we can still move with an injury, obviously. But the first two, if you can do as well as possible with the first two, your sleep and your nutrition, then you're still going to get you know, you're going to maintain quite a bit of your fitness, even if your injury limits you. So focus on what you can control very well as well. And hopefully the, the injury won't limit the way you, you uh, sleep. And, you know, hopefully it's not like a mouth jaw injury that doesn't let you eat the way you normally would either. Um, but anyway, okay, so now getting into some ways to train, right? How can we work out? How can we modify the way we exercise when working with an injury? Okay. Now I'm going to kind of go through some random different things. Okay. And this is almost, it's almost the type of thing where I'm not going to have like an exact answer for you in your specific situation, but these are kind of things you can look into. Think of them as, as ideas, right? Now, obviously working with a professional, if you need a, you know, a physical therapist, like I said, that's a great idea. If you want to work with a correctional exercise specialist, that's a great idea as well. But these are all strategies that you can look into and you may be able to just do some of them on your own without working with a specialist, okay? So a big key concept that I have really learned well over the last couple years is that a lot of times when we when we have some sort of injury, maybe it's a recurring injury, maybe you you know you pull a muscle frequently or something like that, a lot of times we think that the answer to that, I think this is kind of a myth that they, they you know, made us believe in decades past is, you know, they say like the answer is always like stretching. You got to stretch more, right? And in my opinion, there, there is a place for stretching. Stretching can be valuable and flexibility is valuable in certain ways, but it's actually oftentimes more about strengthening the muscles around the injured area as opposed to stretching it that becomes the solution. Let me give you a really good example, okay? So I used to have a recurring injury. I don't have it much anymore. It's still, like, I, I still, I know I still have to be a little bit careful, right? But I always had this recurring injury when I would do any sort of, like, shoulder press or overhead press, like any real heavy movement where I'm pressing either dumbbells or barbells up above my head, okay? And it was this injury. It almost it felt like it's kind of related to the, you know, the spine, which can be kind of scary, obviously. Um, but 
and uh, I would get this just it would either be it would seem like it was like a pulled muscle like I didn't even know what it was exactly but like in my trapezius area right in like the upper part of the back the trap area on the right side and I'm like why does this keep happening you know um, I even saw a chiropractor for it for a while you know got a little bit of relief there but then it like I you know it would still keep coming every now and then and I think I've told this on the podcast before I have a friend who worked out with me sometimes you know and he knows a lot about fitness in general and I was telling him about this and his exact words were that's because you got some bitch ass rear delts (laughs) you have weak rear delts okay the rear deltoid and so what is the rear deltoid so the deltoid is the shoulder you know the main shoulder muscle that we see kind of the the round caps of the shoulders you know hopefully we have them kind of round looking they're noticeable I don't know but it's kind of a weird shaped muscle it's almost kind of triangular you have the front delt the like the side lateral delt and then the rear delt and the rear delt is a muscle that many of us have very very underdeveloped in modern society like we we work in positions too where we're like hunched forward long story short like our rear delts are very underdeveloped for the most part and this is something that even all the years I had spent exercising and doing a lot of physical activity, yeah, I had hardly done any focus on strengthening the rear delts. And I obviously had very weak rear delts. So then when he said that, I'm like, huh, okay. And, you know, I started looking into better ways to work out the rear delts, how to do some more exercises for him. And I just put a focus on it. This is about a year ago. And I put a focus on it and said, all right, let's do like three days a week where I just like – I really focus on my rear delts. Obviously, keep working out other parts of the body as well, but I really want to focus on that and see if this helps to prevent this injury. And it worked. It really worked. Like I said, I still have to be a little bit careful, but now I've gotten to the point where I can overhead press, shoulder press, real heavy weight. I've gotten stronger. I it just it, it was it was not really about you know stretching or flexibility or anything like that in that area. It was about strengthening the supporting muscles that you don't really think about because when we do like an overhead press exercise it's you know we think okay well yeah this is mostly it's the the anterior delt okay it's that front part of the shoulder it's the tricep and it's the chest are also involved a little bit too but we don't really think about the rear delt like that's not the main muscle involved in it but it is a supporting stabilizing muscle and because my supporting stabilizing muscle was weak that's why I would have this recurring injury okay that was a big reason for it I'm very convinced and so keep that in mind whenever you're dealing with any sort of injury is look into the surrounding stabilizing muscles okay so if you have I don't know I mean and and it can vary you know from whether it's a muscle you know whether you think you're pulling a muscle whether it's joint pain whatever you know you got knee pain maybe it's a matter of okay how do I you know I need to strengthen my quads and hamstrings right and this you know it's it's all different parts of the body but the point is here that it's you know you need to look into strengthening those surrounding muscles because we have a lot of different muscle imbalances throughout the body okay and this is where correctional exercises things like unilateral exercises unilateral training can become very useful because ultimately our bodies become very imbalanced for many different reasons throughout life okay this is normal um, but look into unilateral exercise as well this is when you're doing an exercise where you're only using one part of the body or one side of the body like obviously you do you know let's say it's it's a row right you're using your your right arm for the first set you know then you do another set with your left arm but you're only doing one side at a time and the goal of these type of exercises is to correct the imbalances in the body okay so unilateral training is a very good way to to do this i mean there are of course other exercises that you can do like how do i put this sometimes it's about correcting imbalances other times it's about modifying your workout to target the same muscle groups but obviously avoiding the area avoiding 
you know, re-injuring the area or making things worse in the area of pain. So let's take like a common one like lower back pain, right? Lower back pain is a super common thing and it can be for many different causes, right? And I'm definitely not an expert in all this, but a big, like a big thing that people can do if you have lower back pain and you're still trying to strengthen your legs, um, obviously what's the, probably the, the best and the, you know, my favorite and the one I would recommend the best overall lower body exercise, the squat, the barbell squat. Okay. And I love doing it cause I don't have any lower back issues, you know, knock on wood I won't develop any, but, uh, I love doing a big heavy barbell squat and it's probably the exercise that I'm the best at out of all the major exercises pound for pound. Okay. And you know, I just, I like it. Yeah. I have good mobility, no injuries associated with it. It works well for me. Right. Um, now if you're someone though, who has lower back issues, what can you do to modify it? Cause doing a barbell squat when you have lower back issues sucks. <laughs> um, I, I don't know from personal experience, but I know from a lot of people who talk about it. So what can you do? What's a good modified exercise to do? It would be like a Bulgarian split squat with dumbbells. Okay. This is where you have like one leg back. It's hard to describe without like a picture or video, but look into it. Bulgarian split squat or a split stance squat with dumbbells held at your sides. That way you're not putting so much load on, you know, you're not putting load on your spine directly over the lower back like you would in a barbell squat. So there's lots of different exercises you can do. You can modify, do different exercises that will keep the pain away from the area that's, you know, causing you pain and you'll still be able to work the same muscle groups. Okay. Now I'm, I mean, I, when I do do Bulgarian split squats occasionally and I don't like it, I'm just like, ah, oh, this motion sucks. It's probably good for me every now and then. Um, I'm still much, uh, much more of a fan of the barbell squat just for overall lower body strength. And I just like it better. But like I said, there's lots of value in these other ones as well. Um, you know, we talked about correctional exercises. Uh, now there's also, so you could look into isometric exercises. Okay. So what is an isometric exercise? An isometric exercise, um, you know, you could also use the word like, uh, I mean, I guess like static, uh, you know, static isometric tension is essentially where you are activating a muscle without moving a joint. Does that make sense? So you, um, it might be just like, like holding a push up position, right? Or even like a wall sit against the wall is an isometric type exercise. Like you're not moving up and down throughout the exercise. Okay. As opposed to a squat where you're moving your joints, you're bending at the knee joint, and the hips, you know, a bench press, you're, you're bending your elbows, you know, back and forth, whatever. Um, so you're, you're holding a position. There is a resistance, like your muscles are working when you're holding just a static push-up position, your chest muscles and your triceps and shoulders are, are working to hold that position, but you're not moving the joint. Okay. And this is a great way to still work the muscles, especially if you have an injury to some sort of a joint where moving the joint, uh, you know, it could be lots of different joints. It could be an elbow issue. It could be a shoulder issue. Um, but find, you can find something where you're doing an isometric tension. You're doing static tension. You're activating those muscles without having to move the joint because that oftentimes becomes the biggest issue is that moving the joint is when it really starts to hurt. Okay. Um, so that's one good thing to look into. Um, and you know, one interesting thing as well is, uh, like even just the way that we warm up and cool down from exercise. So I'm one who I don't really do. Like I said, I do do a little stretching here and there sometimes after I work out, sometimes just at random times throughout the day, but I don't really do like a lot, you know? Um, and, um, now the way that I warm up for workouts is, you know, they talk about like dynamic warm ups and things like that. And like, you know, people will be like, well, what does that even mean? What is dynamic warm up? So, okay. So the way I actually like to do it now is I literally am just doing 
I, I, I like say, okay, what are the movements I'm going to do in this workout? And then I just kind of simulate those movements with either lightweight or no weight or body weight, right? And my warm-ups don't really take that long, but I can tell you at 34 years old now that I have less stiffness, soreness, you know, than I've ever had in my life just by kind of changing the way that I exercise. And part of it is changing the way I warm up and cool down. So really all I do is I take just a couple minutes, you know, to go through some, some motions that are essentially the same movements I'm going to do during the workout, you know, kind of beginning maybe with just body weight, then adding a little bit of light weight, gradually working up to it. But it doesn't take that long. And essentially all I'm doing is trying to prime the muscles that I'm going to be activating. Okay. Now we could talk about different ways to, to prime the body, you know, priming the muscles. And there are some techniques that are better than others. Right. But this concept can really be useful when we're talking about, you know, recovering from an injury or working out with an injury, because we do still want to keep moving, you know, we want to keep engaging the muscles and moving the body in what ways that we can without experiencing too much pain or, you know, aggravating the injury. Okay. Um, and so, um, I mean, a, a couple other things. So like, you know, people will often recommend, you know, for, for injuries, like, you know, you know, swimming or working out in a pool. Yeah. I mean, this is a good idea. You know, swimming is, uh, swimming is like arguably maybe the best, I don't really swim much, but it's maybe like the best form of exercise overall, like low impact works, the muscles works, the cardiovascular system. Um, obviously good if you have some form of injury and you want to keep exercising. So yeah, get in the pool, knock yourself out. Um, resistance bands can be a good idea just because they're a bit easier on the joints. Resistance bands are kind of underrated for a, for a lot of reasons. I still would argue that for most of us, if we want to, you know, build as much muscle and get as strong as possible, we're probably going to need some, you know, I mean, barbells, dumbbells, kettlebells, some heavier weights. Um, I do think that resistance bands are still a little limited, uh, in the amount of strength that you can build with them, but they can be great. Um, to, uh, well, you know, easier on the joints. Um, and you can do a lot of different motions with them. They're also good for unilateral training in certain ways. Um, yeah. So look into using resistance bands. Uh, and one other point I want to make here is, you know, I think that there's kind of a myth sometimes. Okay. So this is actually kind of like up for debate, but like you might say to yourself, okay, well I have like an injury on my right side, my right elbow or something. So, and then you'll say, people will say like, well, still go ahead and train your, your left side, you know, and maybe you can't train the right side much if at all, but train, you know, your left side. And this, this is actually, this is an interesting topic because some people would, you know, you might ask, well, isn't that just going to make me like imbalanced and make like my left side stronger than my right side. And now I don't have like anecdotal evidence to back this up, but what I keep hearing is that actually, no, that's not the case. And I don't know exactly why it is, but essentially like if you still keep training, you know, one side, the side that doesn't have the injury, it actually, it doesn't create an imbalance. Something about what is the science behind it? Something about how, I mean, you might have a little imbalance, but like actually something to do, God, I don't want to, I'm, I'm going to like miss, I'm going to totally miss on the science on this, but okay. Long story short, like it doesn't actually make it so that the weak side, you know, just gets really weak and the strong side gets really strong. Like something about activating the muscles on the strong side makes it so the weak side actually maintains some of its strength and muscle. Does that make sense? And I'm not an expert on this, so but I have heard that a lot. Um, 
Not an expert on the science behind that. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are kind of the main things to look into. It's unilateral training. It's corrective exercises. It's priming the muscles. You know, you could look into training in the pool, resistance bands. Some people will talk about like blood flow restricted training. Um, this is something I also haven't looked into very much, but this is essentially where you're, you're well, yeah, using some form of, uh, you know, band, something to restrict blood flow to an area. And I guess what it does is it um, kind of mimics the effect of a workout by limiting, you know, putting the muscle into like a hypoxic state, limiting the amount of oxygen that gets to it. I really don't fully understand the science behind it, but I do know it's something that you can look into um, if you're looking for other ways to continue activating your muscles while you have some form of an injury. Uh, but the key things that I want to talk, that I want to just like reiterate to hammer home here, the, the big key point is that it's usually about f just finding ways to, okay, like to, to prevent injury for one and then to recover from it, we want to be strengthening in a safe way, strengthening the main muscle groups involved and the surrounding muscle groups, whether if this is, you know, a, a muscle pull or a joint issue you keep having, strengthening the surrounding muscle groups is very important. And there's lots of different ways to do that. Like I've talked about, there's lots of different ways to still work those muscles, even if there are some movements that you can't do right now without experiencing a lot of pain, okay? Um, and then again, like I said, it's about figuring out, you know, the difference between just soreness and actual pain and injury. And, you know, at what point you should just completely stop doing whatever exercise you're doing. Um, and yeah, I can't really tell you exactly when that point is. You'll have to figure it out for yourself, obviously. But long story short, if you're in excruciating pain, stop the exercise and go to the doctor and figure it out or whatever. Um, yeah, I guess that's pretty much it. Uh, I hope that was useful to you in some way, and um, we will talk again soon. Love y'all. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it and learned something valuable. For daily workouts, fitness tips, nutrition advice, mindset advice, you can follow me on Instagram at Sean underscore Tumelson. That's S-E-A-N underscore T-U-M-I-L-S-O-N. For more information about Keep Talking, you can follow Keep Talking on Instagram. That is K-E-E-P. T 